Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and it is a special day today. Run for God's very own Angie Hawkins is back. And this time she's going to share her story. I'm so excited to hear it and you don't want to miss it. And I'm not sure that I've ever shared my reason for running. And so I thought I would share that as well today. So let's get started. How are you doing, Angie? Fantastic. All right. Can't complain. <laughs> Grateful, happy, thankful. Well, you know, the whole nine yards. And we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. And so uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be we? thankful for. Yes. We certainly do. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Just being involved in this ministry is pretty awesome. You know, it really is. And here, going into my story, jumping ahead just a little bit, who would have ever thought that I'd be sitting here with you Crazy. talking about running in a running ministry? Who knew? That's right. God. That's right. But God. Yeah, yeah. He does some. He does some crazy stuff. We're going to talk about that too. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And the cold weather is is here. We've had some cold days. You got problems with your Raynaud's phenomenon, your hands, and so no problem for you. Yes, of course. There's it's it's just one more challenge to get through, and um, I like to to take on the challenge. I hate that that you know it does hurt, you know, and yeah. it, it looks funny and it's funky and it's like what's going to come first, my asthma or my hands, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, you helped me a couple years ago, and I found some really good mittens. I do wear. I, I change them up some, <laughs> but good. yeah, I have something. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't mind. <laughs> well, it's not uh, raining and it's sunshine. I like the sunshine. The sunshine. Sunshine yeah. and, yeah, rain and cold don't go together well. No. Do I've said no. that a million mm-hmm. times, yeah, yeah. but I don't so, like it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor yes. for this week is One Source Business Products. At, at Run for God, we like to do business with locally owned businesses when it's practical. One Source Business Products is Dalton's only locally owned office supply company. So if you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, we've got you covered. And the prices are right. That's why we compare, you save. Give us a call at 706-516-3900 or try our web address, onesourcebp.com. That's onesourcebp.com. One Source Business Products, your source for business solutions. And if you own a business out there and you'd like to be a part of Run for God, give us a call. We'll be glad to get you involved as well. We, we're so thankful for our sponsors. Yes. We have a Run Club post this week from Jill Carney. This one's very interesting. Not your traditional running post, Mm-mm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, let's, one. let's see what Jill has to say. It's been a long time since I've shared anything, so this will be a long post. I signed up for the marathon challenge, but was plagued with injuries slash health issues. So I've had to drop out both years. My main problem was at my right hand, and since I'm in a wheelchair, that makes uh, running kind of hard. I had surgery on it July 22nd. Four weeks later, I was dealing with a bad infection. I don't remember how many different antibiotics they tried, but I ended up in the hospital for four days, had another surgery to clean it out, and went home on two nasty high-powered antibiotics for six weeks. In the meantime, I had my second 5K challenge start at 
church September the 18th. I had thought I'd be good to go by then when I scheduled it. I had some, some people join in from the last class, so I led the instruction portion, and they led the training until I was able to get back at it. I've been running for three weeks now, and the hand is doing great. Praise God. We have our graduation race on December the 10th. There's a race I like to do in May because it raises money to feed the hungry in Mississippi. I put it out to the class to see if anybody wanted to join me, and I got three takers to do the 10K. So we'll be starting the 10K challenge in February. Now now they're wanting to do more, so they're going to do the marathon challenge in 2023. I've already been in contact with the race coordinators for the Mississippi River Marathon to make sure they can handle getting me to the start line since it is a point-to-point race, and they said it won't be a problem. I will complete this challenge this time so awesome what a great example of perseverance yeah definitely definitely i remember reading this and just thinking gosh i mean she's such an inspiration and i remember last year you know following her and everything and and it really puts things into perspective how our our issues my my knees might hurt one day or what have you and it's like adapt and overcome yeah 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 figure it out angie yeah, yeah, be thankful for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, if there's anybody who has an excuse to not do something, right. um, somebody in a wheelchair has an excuse not to run. run. Right? So. <laughs> I like how she says, air quote, run. Yeah, I like that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then she's got this thing. She's going to have some company with her that's going to go along this, this journey with her. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's why God has put some roadblocks in, in the way head. over mm-hmm. the last couple of years yeah. because he knew there was going to be well, some folks I, I like where she even said um, that the class helps her you know the people that were in the class last year yeah. you know she was unable to to do the physical part of it but she was able to teach the the, the um the the class and they joined together to to do it so i thought that yeah. was really nice it is yeah. it is nice teamwork you know i was reading recently it's a tragic tragic story about a guy who um has given up on god and he, mm. he gave up on god because he went through a really ugly divorce and he felt that god wasn't there during this divorce and it's a really really sad sad story um but god doesn't tell us things are going to be easy no he tells us that that they won't be that's right and and he wants us to embrace those things Mm -hmm. when it feels like he's not there or it's really hard to find him it's he wants us to search for him right and that's kind of the way that we do it and in this case you got this this lady who's got like every like again every excuse Mm -hmm. to go ah you know give up on things and she's like i'm i'm determined this This, is my year this is my year yeah Yeah. (laughs) love it that's awesome never give up it is great now a lot of times the reason why things don't go our way is because we're trying to do it under our power Mm -hmm. right because we're trying to do it our way yes that's right so uh yeah don't give up on your goal too easily if you've got a goal out there just like jill she's had a goal for three years to do this marathon challenge she hasn't been successful yet but she's not giving up on it so if you've got a goal out there don't give up on whatever you know it's the ones that you have to work extra hard for that are worth it right i think so yeah Something comes easily, you know, you're like, you you don't appreciate it. That's exactly right. I remember a few years ago, I I used to be a huge baseball fan, Mm -hmm. and I've always been a Red Sox fan. And so I remember when the Red Sox won the World Series. I mean, it had, you know, it had been since the teens, 19 teens, since they had won the World Series. (laughs) And so you had the curse of the Bambino and all that stuff. If you're a baseball fan, you know. But um, watching them win that was so, so special Mm -hmm. because it it was a long time coming right and it took a lot of hard work and a lot of years of heartache to get there right 
and it's it's the same thing for us. Yeah. Whenever yeah. we work for something for a long time. Us talking about this is reminding me of the podcast a couple of weeks ago where you were telling about the NASCAR driver and and he had done the maneuver in his mind so many times playing a video game. Yeah. And and something I'm I took away from that is that we've got to you know go you teach us this all the time. We've got to visualize the finish. Yeah. And if we don't see ourselves following through with our goal, then we're not going to reach it. Yep. And that's the same thing with Jill that she's, she's, it's a good reminder that, okay, so I've hit a speed bump. I'm yep. going to push through. That's right. Love it. That's right. Love it. And I can't wait to see her cross that Me finish either. line in Mississippi. I can't wait. Going to be spectacular. That's awesome. All right. Well, we had a trivia question last week and it was this one. <laughs> what day of the year is most active for runners? Did you know this one? I, I did thought I did. This yeah, one? I, yeah. I, yeah, because I've, um, I just think it's a, a good day to go running. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Thanksgiving Day. Yes. There are more than one million people who run a race on Thanksgiving. Yes. All these turkey trots around. Yeah, yeah. And we were, we've were we been talking about two ourselves. Yes. I'm running one in Chattanooga. You're yeah. running, one, running one in Cartersville. Well, um, and, and mine is just like a friends and family get together kind of thing. But we're running yeah, on Thanksgiving it's, morning. It's, yeah, yeah, because it's a thing to do. Yeah. We have a local group. And we've got this uh, Cahutta General store in downtown Cahutta. And they're gathering a group to go run tomorrow cool. morning yeah. and debbie's thinking about going down there and joining them so, oh good um yeah so it's it's pretty awesome awesome she's uh, amazing your your debbie's just amazing <laughs> yes she is so do you do you think it's because people feel guilty and they want to run off that turkey before they eat it or what, what do you <laughs> you know i was like i thought about that i always try to tell people you know sure that's that's a good reason why not but we have thanks. We have to be thankful. You That's know, right. we have the ability to go run or walk or move, roll, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I try to guilt people into it, <laughs> <laughs> which is wrong. <laughs> well, I found this little history of the turkey trot from a website called thehustle.co. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know anything about the website. So if it's a bad website, I'm sorry, but I, I, I just found this. So it, I thought it was interesting the way they put it. History's first documented turkey trot can be traced to Buffalo. New York on Thanksgiving Day of 1896, the same year the modern Olympics debuted, and by the way, the oldest road race in America. Uh, put on by the local YMCA, the eight-kilometer race, just under five miles, featured six competitors, only huh. four of whom actually finished. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One competitor dropped out at the two-mile mark, and another ate a late breakfast and refu <laughs> that refused to stay in its proper place. Uh, the winner, Henry A. Allison, triumphed in a time of 31 minutes and 12 seconds, about six minutes and 16 seconds per mile. The event slowly gained popularity, and other small turkey trots popped up across the country. For many years, running was considered a fringe sport for weirdos and masochists and was thought to be detrimental to one's physical and mental health. That is, until 1961, when a Kiwi by the name of Arthur Lydiard launched the world's first jogging club in New Zealand and extolled the sport's cardiovascular virtues. On a trip abroad in 1966, Bill Bowerman, a future co-founder of Nike, witnessed Lydiard's movement and was impressed. He returned to the United States and published Jogging, a tome that sold one million copies and launched a running frenzy. In the wake of the international success of prominent American runners like Steve Prefontaine and Frank Shorter, turkey trots quadrupled in number during the 1970s. These were not the turkey trots of today. 
They were exclusively for men and were extremely competitive. As Rich Harshbarger, uh, the CEO of nonprofit Running USA, tells us, it was all the guys in shorts with mustaches. (laughs) In the early days of turkey trots, women were not welcome. Most physiologists were still trotting out the tired narrative that women were too fragile Mm -hmm. for running. The International Olympic Committee barred them from competing at any event uh, 5K, 5,000 meters or longer. Uh, Women who did compete in road running races often had to do so under male pseudonyms like Catherine Switzer, who famously defied the male-only Boston Marathon rule in 1967 and completed the race despite nearly being forced off the course midway. By the mid-1980s, the rule finally began to change, and Olympic distance runners like Joan Benoit Samuelson and Mary Decker inspired a broader sector of women across America to enter local races. As races neared gender parity, they naturally became more social events. The turkey trots were no longer just for solitary, mustachioed men. They were for a family affair. Today, Thanksgiving Day is the most popular running day in America. Across the country, more than 1 million people run in 1,000-plus events, more than Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, or the 4th of July. It's become a great day to bring people together, says Harshbarger. Trots aren't necessarily as competitive. There are costumes mashed potato miles drumstick dashes and whole the whole family comes out and that's how turkey trots came to be turkey trots what a well-written little blip isn't it (laughs) i love that that's awesome that's a great he's a good writer (laughs) it's really really cool and uh and now today not only have women entered races there are more women in road races now than men yeah so um yeah it's very, I think very cool. I think you men take it more seriously than some of us women. I know there's a lot of women out there that are very competitive and everything, but yeah, it's uh, it's true. I love the turkey trots and everything. I can't wear costumes. I, I can barely run in what I what I already run in. <laughs> <laughs> so I get all caught up in like tutus and you know whatever. But I love to see all that and how how everybody gets into it. I think it's fun. It's I've never cute. tried to run a race in a costume. I need to do that sometime. Okay. You know, we talked about one time at our local, our Run for God 5K. Yeah. About dressing up in uh, a sticky. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then and then winning the race, a sticky. That would be and funny. That would be, yeah, that would be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know a guy that maybe could do that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah, we'll have to try that out. That, would, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So every year I run this sports bar and mm-hmm. turkey trot up in Chattanooga. Uh, it is also an 8K, coincidentally, with the original turkey trot. Um, there's about 1,200 or so people. Wow. And uh, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. And a lot of people come out, and we all talk about Thanksgiving, and it's a great social time, and it's just fun. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. I used to run in um, downtown Marietta. They do the AJC uh, from us ministries and and they do a, a, a gobble jog that they call it yeah. and um, there was about 10,000 people that come out for that wow. it, it really has grown we've stopped doing it since 2020 unfortunately um, and but it was always a lot of fun and and to like I said to see the costumes and everything the yeah. kids and that was the first time I got used to well that's where I got used to running around a lot of people and people stopping in front of you yeah. because there was just people yeah. that come out the one day week you know and we're not yeah. quick enough I'm not quick enough to go to the front of the pack so you know I have to dodge the the stoppers and you know that's yeah. but it, it's so much fun so much fun great way to start your, your Thanksgiving so much to be thankful for 
I probably ran the best race maybe I've ever run in my life. I ran on Thanksgiving morning one time. It was the Atlanta Half Marathon. The Atlanta Half Marathon is Thanksgiving morning. And it was a point-to-point course. I don't know if it still is. Finishes in Piedmont Park. And I remember running that. I remember my, my mother dropped me off at the starting line and she drove to the finish line to meet me at the finish line and i ran again i ran i finished third overall wow. in, a, in a race with a lot of competitive people yeah um ran ran really good and then uh, i can't even run a 5k at the pace i ran that race but anyway at the end of the race i'm looking for my mother after i got through because i was really i was ready to celebrate with her and, yeah. I, and i find her she's laying on the ground oh <gasps> There was a little bit of a misty rain that morning, oh, and no. she slipped on this on an embankment and broke her ankle. What? Yes, she did. <laughs> oh my goodness! So here's my mother, um, who is not a small lady. Yeah, she's parked a half mile away <gasps> from the finish line, and I'm bit, and I'm trying to help her. Oh my To gosh. the car for half a mile after I got through running a half marathon. <laughs> And, uh, and then we spent a good portion of the day in the emergency room. Awesome. So, uh, but it's a, it's a Thanksgiving. I will never forget. Yeah. I love the fact that she was always there no matter what, right? That's right. That's <laughs> Even right. in a misty rain. That is right. No, yeah, you're right. No yeah. matter what, mom was always That's there. That's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully you had a great time at your turkey trot if you had one wherever you are. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've got. Great things coming up for yeah. Run for God, right? So many good things. We, we we want we want everybody out there to start a class. If you have any inkling at all that you might can teach a class, you should be doing it. And if you don't think you can start a class, you should be thinking about it. You should be because yeah. anybody can do it, right? Andy? Right, anybody. right. Anybody could do That's it. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and one of the things that um. When you decide to do your class, if um, you will go ahead on the coaches forum and on on that dashboard and register your class, because we get emails every day asking for classes in people's areas. That's right. And so we direct them to that to where you know there might be somebody looking for a class in your area that you might just get some you know to, to know some random person. So right. I strongly recommend that you go in and register your class because who knows. For sure, because we have a lot of classes that don't register themselves, right, and right. it's maybe better. There's a lot of reasons for it. Sure. If you go to the runforgod.com website, you can find those reasons. Right. They're, they're all spelled out there. But And then if you do that, if you start that 5K challenge with us in January, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe you got some folks that want to keep on going and Like go Jill. Through, Jill has like people Jill. that, yeah, yeah that right. they want to do a 10K, and then, hey, by the way, we want to do the marathon. I'm going to go ahead and do the Couch awesome. to Marathon yeah. in 2023. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you've ever thought about a marathon, it's on your bucket list, and you haven't done it. 2023 may be the year to do it. Might be. Right? Right. Start a class. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. back and you just heard a commercial for j radio j radio is a great wholesome place to to get your music it's all christ-centered it's great music if you haven't checked out j radio check out j radio because you know if it wasn't for j radio we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now Angie. We would we're not thankful be. for j radio aren't we we are amen, amen. all right well <clears throat> we do a thursday night thing 
And the Thursday night thing is it's pretty fun. It is fun. And um, there's a lot of feedback. There's there's still a little back and forth. It's a little mm-hmm. less formal than a podcast. Mm-hmm. And a podcast is less formal than a lot of things, but it's even less formal. Right. Um, right. So it's a good time for, for you to ask questions. So check out our Thursday night live sessions um, because you can learn some stuff there. You can. Yeah. I learn a lot there. Absolutely. And one other thing. We need your stories. Yeah. We're uh, we're getting a little short on stories, and so we've we've had an in, in influx with like we sent an email out and got mm-hmm. some. But if mm-hmm. you if you got that email and you haven't answered that email yet, and you haven't done it, but you've thought about it, here's your reminder. Right. Go get your story in. You know, and and everybody thinks I've talked to quite a few people that I either run with or speak with on a regular basis, and they don't want to tell their whole story. And I'm like, tell the story of your last run. Yeah. Or you know, it, we all have. I mean, mine is just this much of my story, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, we don't, I mean, there's not enough time to hear our whole life story, so. Yeah, I, well, I got an email yesterday from one of our sponsors. I said, I asked him if he wanted to be on our oh. podcast, right? As a guest on our podcast. And I kind of explained to him what we do. And he, it was so much hand-wringing, like, oh, I don't think that's something that I want to do. Because they're scared like me. So, oh, <laughs> you know. Anyway, you, you could feel the, the tension mm. in the thought um of of even writing a story right and um that, you know there again it doesn't have to be it can be a very serious well thought out yeah. really you know tear jerking story or sure. it can be a fun story yeah we've got um I can't remember his name now that 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 shares the funny stories with us. Yes, yes, um, all the time, Jerry. The t- right, yeah, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jer- Jerry shares those funny stories with us all the time, and those are great too. Yeah, so yeah. they're all good. So whatever. All right, so you're a gym person. I am. Right? And so I was reading recently. They said, "What if you only had three exercises you could do at the gym?" Which is a really weird, you know, yeah. hypothetical. How do you do because just three? why would yeah. why would mm-hmm. you do that? Yeah. But if you could only do three exercises at the gym, what what would you do? Um. Personally, I mean, I like to train over the you know, total body at once. Right. Um, I would do squats, probably deadlifts, because they hit total body, or, mm-hmm. you know, really focus on your, your legs are such so important for us. And then as far as an upper body, if possible, like incline bench, because yeah. it is, you know, working again, more of your upper body, your yeah. core, you know, everything like that. It does get, you know, a little bit of your neck. And so we need that next stability and stuff like that. Yeah. So those would be my three at a gym. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So what about other exercises? Do you, are there other exercises that you like to do that aren't necessarily gym related? Well, outside of the gym, cause I rarely work out in a gym, yeah. Yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but I liked, um, again, squats. I think squats are so important. Deadlifts, legs are so important, especially in the, the sport of running and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like to do plyometrics, so box jumps, things like that. Um, that's why I like to jump so much in my pictures yeah, and everything. Yeah. Um, and I realize the more you get away from things like that, the more you can't do things like that. That's right. So, you know, yeah. but, you know, I, I kind of keep it the same. You know, I do a lot of upper body, you know, curls and things like that. But yeah. no, I mean, legs are important. Keeping that, those, that strong base, you know, yeah. is, is important. So. I, I think it is. And um, I, I think, do you think those are exercises that benefit runners? Absolutely. They, yeah. I think, I think, I think so. Right. Yeah. Um, lunging, you know, things, anything to do with balance also. Yeah. So, um, you know, things like lunges and whatnot, even like stepping up on even a step or a box or things like yeah. that, just, just getting that is important. Yeah, I like lunges and step ups because they mimic the the running motion, motion a little bit, yeah. and they're good for balance and yeah. they're they're strength builders. And yeah. so I, I like lunges. I like um, 
I like planks mm-hmm. because planks just that you have to engage all of those muscles mm-hmm. uh, for planks to work. Uh, and you can do those in many different forms. Yeah. And then, um, of course, I, I like the box jumps, too, because yeah. I think yeah. that explosive uh, stuff is really, really good for us. So. I, uh, yeah, and I think that overall, no matter where you are, we have to work on our core. You know, yeah. when, when we sit down and we do this a lot, that's all core. And mm-hmm. so being mindful of just keeping that upper posture and whatnot, it's important. If we see our, our parents, grandparents and everything, and they're starting to sag, and that's yeah. why they, they've let that, that intersection, you know, that inner part of our bodies just kind of go. Yeah, It's not necessarily about the way it looks either. It's, it's about the inside staying nice and strong. Well, that's one of those things that I don't ever have to worry about that with Debbie. You know, Debbie's got scoliosis. I didn't know that. She does. Oh, my gosh. And so, she, you know, she she really focuses on keeping her back She's so, straight. yeah, she's and got great posture. That. Mm-hmm. You can't help but notice yeah. it when, when you see her and when you get to know her. Um, but that's why. Because yeah. she was told at a young age that you need to be careful about your posture. Right. And so she always is. Yeah. And um, it's just beautiful, too, isn't it? It's it just- is. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm getting a little... I say, you're talking about Debbie now? <laughs> she is. She's a sweet, sweet lady, too. My goodness. Uh, well, all right. Okay, so before we, we get off on that, right? Yeah, we we, uh, we have your story. Oh, we do. And I love this story. Oh, you do? Thank and you. it is called hashtag I am kind of fit. Yes. And so we're going to let Angie read her story. So take it away. All right. All right. Um... <clears throat> When following God's direction and his guidance, we often discover that our plans are not his plans. I am kind of fit is a hashtag that I started using on my social media posts over seven years ago and is a, is a ministry that God has developed to bring me and others to the understanding that he is in control of even our health and our fitness. After many, many years of living with body dysmorphia and a super unhealthy relationship with food, along with no relationship with Jesus, and a completely warped understanding of how God sees me, it was only through God's grace and his guidance I have learned that I am not my own. I am more than simply a body, but rather part of the body, the body of Christ. My body is a temple, and it was when it was when I finally was introduced to Jesus that I came to this realization and I decided that I ought to seek wise counsel on how to better care for this temple. So I turned to my creator. Hmm. I learned quickly that it was time to stop neglecting and obsessing over the way I looked and of the way the world sees saw me because I was created for a purpose much larger and the purpose was not my own. I have been working out for the better part of almost 52 years. I've spent many hours lifting in the gym and at home, many hours desperately seeking the world's approval through what I believed a pretty woman, her body is supposed to look like. And let me share a little side note here with you. Marketing companies get paid billions of dollars a year to convince us of whatever it is that they are selling. Mm. So for many years, I bought in to their schemes. I was stuck, but God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of what was seemingly nowhere in my early 40s, I got the urge to try out this running thing. It wasn't long after that when I began a relationship with Jesus and gave my life to Christ. Another side note, 
I was diagnosed with asthma at a very young age and I lived under this lie that I was unable to do endurance activities because of it. Again, but God. (laughs) Oh, believe me, I said, but God, (laughs) but God, I have asthma and I have injuries. I have broken my ankle, I have my tailbone and I've had surgery on my ankle and my knee. I have aches and I have pains, I can't run. I do resistant training. I like to lift heavy stuff. Run? Really? (laughs) For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. Wait, what? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Wait, aren't we talking about my body here? About running? As a new believer, I quickly realized that God had been so close all of my life, guiding me, and now in this new running thing, and even revealing himself to me with each step. Through every run back then, and still, and still true today, he grows me and my faith. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. The Lord told me to seek his ways, his guidance to follow his plan. My journey is not about me. So I run. In the early days, I wanted to go fast. I think everybody does. I was constantly comparing myself to other runners in the beginning and honestly still struggle with that some today. But God reveals himself to me in every step and in every mile. And he reminds me that my journey, my running journey is more than PRs and medals. Although I do believe that he sometimes throws me a bone and I get to take that podium. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. But running for me is about trusting and believing in him, his ways, his faithfulness. He gives me hope through each run. He has opened my eyes to just how fearfully and wonderfully I really am made. That I can do hard things. That we are all made to do hard things. Scripture without application will not bring about transformation. You can't simply read the word. You must apply it. Proverbs 14, 14 tells us that a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. As believers, the production of fruit is nourished by time spent with the Lord. My personal time spent with the Lord is often found on the running course. As runners, you only grow when you spend time doing all of the things to develop the, me- the mechanics of running. It's a transformation process. And sure, sometimes you will PR and medal, and believe me, that's awesome. But for me, I feel that my journey is more than simply running and winning medals. My running journey is about trusting and believing in my creator. It's about focusing on the trusting in his abilities and not my inabilities. For me, Running has been about learning to focus on who God is, not what I'm not. He tells me, he tells us in Exodus 3.14 that he is, I am. Just like the Israelites, our insecurities can cause us to want to retreat from God's plan instead of advancing in faith. When you're faced with a mission, you feel underqualified and ill-equipped to handle. Remember, it's not about who I am or who you are, it's always about the great I am, or rather who God is. Mm -hmm. Scripture shows us countless examples of God calling someone and then equipping them with everything that they need to accomplish the call. Mm -hmm. 
Whether God's plans include leading a nation out of slavery, raising a child, starting a new job, loving your neighbor, or running a 5K, a 10K, half marathon, or full marathon, your ability to do what God calls you to do will be found in who He is, not in who you are. Because of that, we can have hope and boldness to follow God's God wherever He leads. I now seek the great I am to find a clear understanding of how, a clear understanding of His plans and His ways. I am kind of fit means to seek God's plans for what healthy and fit looks like to Him, because even our health and fitness matter to Him. It all matters, doesn't it? It all matters. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Well, that's that's such a, a great uh, explanation of um, what goes through somebody's head when um, th- there's a lot of people out there just like you. Yes. Who yes. at one time thought there's no way I'm ever going to do this whole running thing. Right. But then at some point in time, it, they, they, they find not just a reason for the run, but... Um, there's just a whole purpose to it that mm-hmm. is completely foreign to him before it hits him up. A, a, it's right? a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. I is. mean, it really it is. is. Yeah. It, for me, it was like, oh. And, you know, and quite honestly, I love taking the pressure off myself. It's God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about me. He's teaching me stuff, you know. So anyway. So what does body dysmorphia mean? Um, basically, it's an obsessive focus on the flaws one sees in themselves. Um, and, and I often say that with, like, I don't see what you see. And and I only see what I think are flaws in me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And isn't that the truth for us for not just in, in, in our body, but in, in a lot of the things. Yeah. And that's the only reason why I do talk about this yeah. because I don't struggle like I did. You know, yeah. I, I, of course I'm insecure. We, we all have our bits of insecurities. Sure. Um, I, I now truly see that I am who God made me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I have maybe some people might say thicker legs where I don't look at them as they're enormous anymore, you know, but I know they're bigger yeah. than somebody else's, you know, yeah. but I just know that that's how God made me. That's right. Or the fact I talk so much. (laughs) (laughs) It is who it is. (laughs) I never noticed. So so then, okay, so you mentioned in there, too, that you got to the point where, you know, you wanted to be fast, and then Mm -hmm. at some point in time, that changed. And now you're still, we all want to be a little bit faster than we are, but how how do you get to that point where you feel like it's okay not to be fast? Um, You know, honestly, uh, like I said in the story, I still struggle with that. And because we do see our friends getting faster or, you know, what's what's really cool that I know a lot of people compare themselves to somebody like you. I don't do that. I'm inspired by somebody like you who's extremely fast. You know, that that is a God gift. It's like, man, look at those legs go. (laughs) He's how does he glide like that? But for me, um, I think with the injuries that is kind of like we talked about Jill with with her having to adapt and overcome. I think with my injuries, having to slow myself down to realize, and especially over the past two years, trying to get to a point where I kept doing what you teach us not to, trying to add miles while I'm still doing, trying to go fast. Um, 
I found my pace that that it, you know I don't look at the number anymore I'm, I'm not very good with numbers in general you know yeah. where where they kind of freak me out a little bit so I I have an idea what I want to do like on a, a fast run that day I keep up with somewhat of a tempo run you know that kind of thing but yeah. I don't get so caught up in the numbers That's I really good. don't and just allow like right now I'm focusing on you know my distance and yeah. maybe Maybe time will change, but no, no, good. did I answer that's the good. question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm-hmm. nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. So why is this so hard for us to understand, this scripture? Because it does seem that way, right? It seems like it's, it's so hard for us to understand that God thinks differently than we do. He moves differently than we do. He has different plans than, than we do. Why, is it, why do you think that's so hard? I think just exactly because we're human, we can't, we don't have the ability to think like him. He didn't give us that. And it's just to, to understand that he's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think about, I've, I've thought about this a number of times since I was a kid, probably I've thought about this whole idea of revelation, mm-hmm. you know, because in revelation, John is pointing, is painting a picture of what heaven looks like mm-hmm. in revelation. And it makes no sense to us, no, really. Yeah. I mean, you look at it and you're like, ah. now, in in his day, the pictures that he's painting made much more sense than they do for us today. Mm-hmm. But the point, I think, of the, the whole thing, the overarching point is he can't describe it. How can you? Because it's not describable. Right. And even though it's right in front of his eyes, it's not describable. So if, if John, who is looking at it, can't describe how incredible God is and mm-hmm. what he's created is, how in the world do we think we can? We can, think, yeah, right. right. Yeah. That we can understand his, yeah, that, that's a good That's a good analogy. I mean, yeah. honestly, how can we understand? Yeah. Well, I think about it, you know, the old brain teaser, try to think of a color you've never seen before. Right, right, you right. You know, it's, you can't do that, right? No. Now, you, you got to have some frame of reference, and we yeah. don't have a frame of reference. None. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's how God's thoughts are. Right. God can imagine a color we've never seen before right. because he's God. Right. And, and the idea that, that he can do that is just, that's that's weird. It's crazy. It's how to, that doesn't make any sense to right. us. And we want to, we want to apply logic to everything. And, um, <laughs> right. un, unfortunately, um, but you know, that's interesting because it's, this is why God's thoughts being different why he's got you running now right exactly exactly and he's using something that is so unlikely for my mind to, to wrap my head around and you know and we talk about that i i don't know that it's i i the running part's just the added bonus you know um but it's to teach me yeah to trust him yeah you know and That's... and you know with each step i i go out and i'm like all right lord i trust you I trust you because I can't do this on my own. And I think that's why God does all of the mysterious mm, things that he does mm-hmm. is because he wants us to trust him for sure. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a lot of people's favorite verse, right? Yes. Because it yes, talks yes, about yes. how God's plans for us are good and we all want to hear that. But when you take that verse and you put it in perspective, it's even more incredible than just saying the verse. Because the truth is, is that at this point, when this verse is spoken, um, when it's it's said or written down or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, the Israelites are in captivity. Captivity, they're in Babylon. In Babylon, and so the idea that God is going, look, I've got great plans for you, (laughs) and you're you're a slave, it's like, 
Okay. Right. Right. That well, talk about something doesn't make any sense. Certainly, certainly. Well, and and that's kind of what I think about with injury. You know, how can I truly believe that I can do this when this is aching or what have you? Because he wants us to trust him. Yeah. You know, and if they could trust him while they were in Babylon, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember being unemployed at one point in time. First, mm-hmm. My first time, my mm-hmm. only time ever in my whole life, I was unemployed. And um, I just remembered thinking, I, God, I don't know what you got planned for right. me. And I went through some pretty tough times, mm-hmm. some times where I questioned God a lot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, God smacked me upside the head and got my attention. Um, and then it was all it was all uphill from there. And now if, if I would if you would have said, OK, back 10 years ago, would have said, you know, what What would you think would be like the, the best thing in the world you could do? I couldn't have imagined it as good right. as God has given me right. at this point. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. that's yeah. the crazy thing yeah. is that, again, it's, it's why knowing that God's plans are different than ours is fantastic. Yeah. Because sometimes those plans are just way past anything we yeah. would imagine. It's unimaginable. Yeah. Unimaginable. And, and the peace that comes with just knowing him and and. You know, although we have the anxieties of the un, you know, the unknown and what have you, um, I, I just find comfort in him. I mean, you know, I really do. So. so, how do we do that when we get to that point? We have an injury. We have something, something. that we've got yeah. to overcome, mm-hmm. whether it's injury or it's personal or it's it's a relationship thing or whatever it may be. How do we believe in God's plan even when we're in the midst of all of that? Through that faith. Through through our faith. I mean, it has to be. Um, we have to know that we have to sing as loud as we do on the mountaintops as we're in the valleys mm-hmm. and and just to to praise him and you know and i i always think back to his grace is sufficient for me yeah you know i want these things but i know right now he's given me everything that i can handle or that he's teaching me to handle it you yeah. know and guiding me through it so yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul gives us a great, mm-hmm. a great example, right? He's writing letters to people while he's in prison. He's writing letters to people to cheer them up. Right. It's just <laughs> right. insane. Right. Yeah. Uh, what a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, and following that model is, is what God's looking for. Psalm 32, eight says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Obviously a Psalm of David, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's funny because this this psalm has an awful lot of gospel in it, even though it was written before the New Testament. Before it, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it talks about repentance and living a life uh, for God. It's, um, you know, it's it, and in this first course, it's talking about taking direction from God. From God, yeah. Um, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, and this is, this is something I think a lot of people miss about the Bible. You notice that it says, I will advise and watch over, over you. you. The mm-hmm. Bible is not just a book of instructions, although it is that. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells us about other ways besides the Bible uh, to get our, our direction. And, of course, that is through hearing God. God mm-hmm. says he will mm-hmm. give us direction, and he will. And he will. Um, yeah. Now, if if you're a non-believer and you don't experience that relationship, you may not understand that. And I get that. I would understand why people would think, oh, that sounds crazy. I, I completely understand all the people who look at, at Christians and go, you guys are crazy believing in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I completely can, I can see it. Mm-hmm. But um, this is what the Bible tells us. And when you feel it, you know it's there. You know it's there. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have to choose to listen, you know, and and when I, I my devotion this morning or my my Bible study, I'm in Matthew right now at home, and um, it was talking about you know the so the four different you either it's either rooted when when the seed is sowed, you know, it's either rooted or it falls away or what have you, you know. But ultimately, the Lord, you know, well, Jesus spoke in parables, you know, and and when you are capable of receiving the message you know, you move forward. And I, I believe that, you know, you have to choose to, to let it root and grow and, and be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then continue to cultivate it. Um, mm-hmm. But oftentimes, you know, I, the, the, the Bible study this morning was talking about how, you know, opening your thoughts to the possibility that sometimes people don't understand the parables because they're not ready. And God t- tells us once you've heard the word, that's when he's judging you that that's when judgment begins and and so until we are ready and that's why i think about like literally my my salvation flipped on like a light you know i wasn't raised in the bible or knowing much about it and everything and then all of a sudden one day i was tell me more and i still am you know but it's i i I feel that it's because i was ready to listen and i I'm, i'm ready to learn and so he's like just pouring it into me but we have to choose to do it i mean we have to i think and i think that this is a a problem sometimes for the way that I think about God because there's we talk all the time about plans, mm-hmm. making plans mm-hmm. and making sure that you have a direction mm-hmm. and you know plans are very very important. But at the same time, we have to be ready to change direction whenever God tells us to change direction. Yeah. Just like for you, you know, you're you're living a life that is different and you're enjoying your gym work or mm-hmm, your, your mm-hmm. strength work and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden God is saying, you need to run. Right. And it's like, what? Right. Like you said in your story. What? Right. What God are we talking about? Yeah. My body? Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of that, you know, it is interesting because it is one of those things that it just, um, I don't know. I mean, like literally we think we know what our lives are. I was in my forties and all of a sudden it's like, huh, let me learn about this this God dude, you know, yeah. and this Jesus guy. Yeah. And and then um oh by the way, let me start running. Why am I running? Because his plans are are bigger than my plans. That's They're right. better. Yeah. That's anyway. Right. That's I right. love it. I just think it, I mean, you know, he's so amazing how he reveals himself to us. Yeah. So how did you hear him? I mean, how does is it just That's an interesting story and it was through running. I I which I'm amazed at. When I first um started kind of really starting to run a little more seriously, you know, um, we have what we call the, the, the parkway near our house and it's a connector. That's a relatively new connector between two main roads. And when I first started running, there was nothing there, no houses, no streets. It was one road. I might see a car on the stretch of three miles, maybe one car, you know, Yeah. and it's not like that anymore, but (laughs) Well, when I first moved here, moved back here to Georgia, I had moved from Sarasota, Florida. And whoever knows anything about living in Sarasota, Florida, it's one of the most beautiful areas as far as water. Um, you have Siesta Key Beach, which is always one, top one or two beaches in, in our country, if not the world. Um, and it's just, I would run and feel sorry for myself. I used to be out in the heat and, you know, woe is me. And literally like a gut punch one day, God stopped me and said, it was almost like he shook me and said, look around at all this gorgeous scenery that I've given you here. Yeah. It is beautiful. I, there are so, it's so funny. I hear roosters in the background sometimes. 
Um, there's a lot of hawk that area. You know, you always see a bunny on the side. No, not again. They've they've developed that area quite a bit. And I literally went home and I said, I think I just heard God. Wow. Yeah. And and from that point on, he just kept revealing himself to me hmm. through running. Yeah. And and so that's that's how I hear. I mean, you know, other ways now, but I I notice and recognize the hair on the back of my neck now when yeah. I'm like, all right. And then also through breeze. I was told one time when um, you feel alone and you're outside, if you feel a breeze, that's just God reminding us that he's with us. That's a good thought. So like yeah. even like wind, I don't mind wind so much because I'm like, all right, God, I feel you. You're here strong right now. <laughs> anyway. That's a good way to look at it. Well, here's a question. Do you seek the pathway that the great I am has for your life in running or your personal life? That's the tough part, right? It is. Life life just gets in the way so much um, in, in so many different ways. And there's so many people who tell me they want to be a runner or they want to be a successful runner. And then every time there's anything at all that pops up in the way, that's the excuse to not follow through with what, what Mm. they were doing. Um, you have to be really purposeful. You do just, just like you do, just like in running, you have to be, you don't just accidentally become a runner, right? You got to be purposeful about it. Um, you can't just go out there and just think that, God's just going to point you in the right direction. Right. You, you got to be purposeful. Yeah. You got to seek his direction. Um, and if we seek it, we'll find it. But I think the Israelites the had thing. to take that first step towards right. the water before, you know, parting yeah. through it. You have to step it out in faith. Yeah. And he can reveal that to all of us. Sure. You mentioned how he just, how he revealed it to mm-hmm. you. For me, uh, I'm a thick headed dude and I talk <laughs> way too much and I don't listen nearly enough. And, it's it's hard for me to hear things um, because because I'm too busy sharing my opinion. My, oh yeah, my opinion's way more yeah. important than everybody else's, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, but he got through to me, mm-hmm. and if he can get through to me, he can get through to anybody. But here's the here's the the thing that I think is important. As thick headed as I am, as much as I like to share my opinion, I really wanted to hear from him. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you get you do have to want to. Yeah, uh, you can't it. it he doesn't. He doesn't force himself on us Mm-mm. ever. It's we have to accept what he's offering, and so we have to be open to that offering. Yeah. And, and so, the way you do that is you look for him. Yeah, and and it's not often the the gut punches. It it is the the gentle whispers that he is, you know, just guiding us with that we have to be able to hear those whispers through all of the noise of this world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the, in the job that I had for 25 mm-hmm. years, I just assumed that for the rest of my life, I was going to be doing something similar to that. With and, with this question, I actually think of you and your the, w- with your previous job. And because, you you know, with sharing that story and whatnot, I always think of how um, being, you know, a provider for your family, you know, you've done it for so long, how incredibly uncomfortable that had to have been, mm-hmm. you know, but then how incredibly wonderful it was once you got once when she's he revealed the, the plan to you yeah. you know and this is what this is where you're gonna go and and then i love that the check you know how you were behind so many dollars and then that mm-hmm. afternoon you you received the check that yeah. um that it was that exactly what was short in your account your checking account or whatever yeah i yeah. just love that i mean it's just such a great example and then here you are today sharing that with us so we too can have faith and yeah. hope for a future yeah well if you think God can't use hmm. you, if he can use the guy that the only, his only talent is running, um, 
you know, it's if he can use that, he can use anything. If you can use a girl that can t- only talk and not very, I mean, like I stumble over words, I stutter all the time, but that's because I got so much energy. But it, he can use us all. That's right. And he does. Another question. When you're faced with a mission that you feel underqualified and ill-equipped to do, how do you handle it? Well, I know how I handle it. I get very nervous. Mm-hmm. I doubt myself. And mm-hmm. then I just try to do my best. Absolutely. <laughs> It's, it's a transformation. It's a transition that we go through. And like, well, when you came and asked me, hey, Ange, do you want to be on the podcast? I'm like, sure. <laughs> I'm up for it. Oh, my gosh, Lord, please talk through me. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is. It's a transition. And the more, you know, the more I get to know you, the more you and I speak, it does get so much easier. And it's like I just keep telling myself, you're just going to chat with Dean. That's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's you, you, we're going to have the insecurities. Um, but we have to know that he's called us to do this, whatever this is, and that he's already equipped us with it. And now he's going to show it to us yeah. the way through. You know, one of the phrases in the Bible that that baffles me sometimes, I guess, is when Jesus says, if you have the faith of a mustard mm-hmm. seed, you can move mountains. One of Patrick's favorites verses. I mean, we want to have that kind of faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But think about how powerful that right. verse is. Right. Um, well, just like, it, you know, visualizing the finish line, like we were talking yeah. about earlier, you have to believe that it, I can't, but he can yeah. get you across there. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because we think in, in, in our terms, and so our, our limited terms, we think about moving a mountain. In, in human terms, it's Impossible. like, that's ridiculous, yeah, right, right? Right. But in God's terms, it's not. It's and, not. And it's, it's so hard to figure out. Going back to the original question of how, why can't we see it? Because yeah. it's it's unimaginable. That's right. And of course, all of this is really applicable to running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the truth is, I, I see a lot of people that are like, 5K, that's about as much as I think I can yeah. ever do. And it's like, if you can run a 5K, you can run a marathon. It's it's just a difference in degree. Now, it's it's a lot different, yeah. but it is really just a difference in degree. Yeah. And. I see athlete after athlete who uh, they never reach their potential. And I see it because they never fully buy into it. Right. 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 Um, And it looks a lot like our faith because I tell them over and over, you know, I think you can do X. Mm -hmm. And they'll even verbalize that back to me. They'll say, I believe I can do it. But then when it comes time for practice, when it comes time to put it into practice, you can tell mm-hmm. there's doubt there. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with our faith, I think, very I think often. So. I is think so that as well. In our faith, we like we say we have all this faith. And and a lot of times we really believe that we do. Yeah. You know, I want to believe that I've got really deep faith. But then when it comes time to put it in practice. Yeah. What are we doing with it? Yeah, then? that obstacle comes in our way and and we turn and we retreat. That's right. And instead of walking in faith, right? That's right. Um, we are a work in progress for sure. <laughs> the signs are there. He, he's always there with us, and, and we just have to be open to him. Amen. Last question. Mm-hmm. How do you know the difference between what what I want to do versus what God wants me to do? <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. That's the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, how do we tell the difference between those right. things? Because... Yeah, there's a lot of times that it's very gray, right? Right. So for me, it makes sense. 
that God would use running through me in Mm -hmm. some way, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, that is what I would desire. Sure. Right. Right. How so, do I not know it's my desire to do this? It, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so how do you figure that out? I don't right. know. Um, you know, and, and same thing with me, you know, I've always, once I be, you know, realized that this is all God's plan, you know, with working out and I am kind of fit and, and whatnot, it's, it's people think I'm crazy. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll seek God's opinion on these things, but I don't know, I'll, I'll see, but it's just running, it's just lifting, it's just, and it's like, it's just his body. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his purpose yeah. that he created you for. Yep. So yep. I don't know, I, I try, and by no means am I good at it. I believe that we, we have signs along the way, and we just have to have our eyes wide open. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and we have to make sure that whatever it is that that, that desire is, it that it lines up with God. Mm-hmm. That uh, because if it, if not, that's a deal breaker, right? right? I right. mean, if it's not if it's not biblical, sure. um, there are people that that do some things that are clearly not biblical, mm-hmm. but they feel like God is pushing them in that direction. I'm like, no, no, no God's yeah. not pushing mm-hmm. you in a direction that mm-hmm. is not something that lines up with the Bible. Yeah, um, and I think the more time we spend in front of God asking for His will to be done, the more obvious it becomes to us what that will for our lives specifically is, because sometimes circumstances can be revealed to us in lots of different ways. And mm-hmm. you mentioned you were out on a run and God's mm-hmm. clearly speaking to you. And sometimes that's the way it, it works. Sometimes it's through a decision that's made. Sometimes it's, well, why would God have me in this position at this time if he didn't want me here and want me to pursue this thing? Um, it's, it's not always God saying in our ear, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's circumstantial. And we have to, but the the closer we are to him, the more we spend time in Matthew, like you're doing, um, the easier it is for us to feel those situations and realize that it's an urging from God. Right, right. Right. I agree 100%. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. We're back, and I have an announcement. Oh, good. So, as of now, uh, we have new training plans. Yes. On the Run Club site. So So exciting. I have I've been asked a million times, and I am so sorry that it's taken me this long to do it. You're busy. But we now have a competitive plan for 5K, competitive plan for a 10K, for a half marathon, and a marathon. So, if you have been through, for example, the 5K challenge class and you're like i want it to be a little harder i want Ah. it to be a little bit more well there's a new plan out there for you exciting if you've done the 10k and you're like the 10k plan that that is just meant to get us from 
you know, from a 5K to a 10K. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a little bit more competitive and try to get a little bit faster uh, and, and do a little bit more mileage and things, there's a new plan out there for you. There so, you and all the way up to the marathon. So uh, check that out on the Run Club site. If that's something you've been looking for, again, uh, I'm sorry for it taking me so long, but it's there. So uh, just one more that's great it. benefit for being part of Run Club. I love is, it. Is free, free training plans. Yeah. So yeah. right now, there are actually three training plans for each distance. So wow. for the 5K, you've got the beginning 5K okay. challenge mm-hmm. that we've always had. You have the walking plan mm-hmm. for the 5K, and you have this new competitive 5K plan. Very cool. So, and I guess walkers for the competitive version, it's just same thing when it says you, run, you, walk, or what have you. Yes, just you keep up with it. you do the same thing. Very good. Absolutely, yep. I love it. Good yeah. job. So here's a crazy thing that happened. I love this. <laughs> I, I was reading about this, and I watched this video, and it was, it was really, really cool. I don't know if you've gone and looked at the video or not, but apparently there's this dude in london who decided that he was going to hold a race in an airport Heathrow airport one of the busiest airports in the world very large building obviously um he decided he was going to hold a half marathon in the airport how's that work and so nobody knew they were doing it he did this thing kind of on the down low apparently he did it for advertising purposes there's a like a credit card company attached to this thing so i'm sure that was that was the motivation behind let me do something that'll get people's attention kind of thing um but he got some really good runners involved in this thing so there were like a half dozen runners that were involved in this thing and they laid he laid it out i mean he he goes through he goes through security with a, a measuring wheel for for a run, you know, for, yeah. for I don't know. It's just really crazy. He realized that you can't have the race on the pre-security check area because it's not big enough. So they, they need to be post-security in order to get to an area that was large enough to run a half marathon. And so they hatched, they actually purchased plane tickets for the people who are running the race so that they could get through security to get there. That's so funny. So he, they've got numbers on and everything to, it's to go crazy. through security. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. The guys, uh, the, one of the guys was on the great Britain national team. He ran a one Oh seven half marathon oh in gosh. the airport, which is in the airport. Crazy fast, mm-hmm. faster than I've ever run. Um, they did 10 laps up and down the main, this main, uh, walkway through, through the building. Um, and nobody stopped him. No, it didn't look like anybody really asked a whole lot of questions. Um, and, you know, I've seen this before because I ran, I've run three miles in the Atlanta airport before. Right. And nobody, Let did people question. look at me? Yeah, people might have glanced a little bit, but nobody really wondered what in the world is he doing? Yeah. They just let me go. And I guess it was the same thing here in Heathrow. It's like these guys are just running. What's what's the big deal? So, that would have been a little more questioning if I had seen people with numbers on. But. Right. Well, no, see, as an as a runner, you wouldn't. You'd be like, oh, cool. But as a non-runner or, you know, definitely the, what are they doing? When you ran in Atlanta Airport, sidetrack here, um, so it, did you run down where they have the moving sidewalks and yes. everything? Okay, because yeah. that's, how far is that? I mean, because it could go on, I mean, it's... I ran however we, many concourses. We you know? weren't in the farthest away concourse. We were one or two concourses away from being the farthest okay. away, and I ran all the just about all the way back to the. So term. it's about three miles. And yeah, out and not, back yeah. was three miles. So about a mile and a half. half. And uh, yeah, because when I can, I like we like to walk that. Well, yeah. I, I, the Atlanta airport's so busy. I can't imagine running 
in the Atlanta airport. Yeah, yeah. So these guys had to do 10 laps in that airport. Yeah. And I'm assuming that was probably in a similar, I mean, because you yeah. can't do it up on the concourse itself. Exactly. It's just they did so some, busy. They did some laps up around where people were. You could see it was very, very busy. Oh, I can't. I'm going to have to go watch that video. I didn't yeah. watch that one. No. Yeah. It's, That's uh, crazy. Pretty cool. They even had a check presentation at the end for the winner. <laughs> Um, and then it was like they had like the guy says we know you, you got like ten minutes to get your flight now, uh, and they I mean, go board the flight. And they go they, board the flight. Yeah, it's uh, just just great stuff. That's you know, awesome. I think it would be cool to have a race series that 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 was run in airports, especially in wintertime. Think about it, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the weather is is so atrocious sometimes yeah. because of all the snow up yeah. there. Yeah. How awesome would it be to run a race in the Minneapolis airport? Right. Yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, in the wintertime. So uh, I don't know, but it was it was pretty cool pretty creative and that's uh, awesome i really enjoyed when did they do that did uh, you say I, you know what i didn't even look to see when was it was it done pre 9 11 i no 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 so no, it's okay yeah because they talked about getting through security and having to be on the other side of security and stuff so now, this has probably been within the last year i'm imagining really yes oh yeah. insane okay i'll go look for that that's yeah. awesome great yeah. story i just wonder what would have happened if what if a police officer had stopped one of the runners would he have stopped or would he have kept running? I, I'm, Your dog with me, sir. I'm I'm in a competition. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. in a race right now. Yeah, I'm what? wondering what, 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 what would have happened. I don't know. That's funny. Interesting. Um, but I don't know. They're running for over an hour. I'm thinking some somebody in security at some point will go, what are they doing? Yeah. But yeah, you know, there, there's always all the cameras everywhere. I'm sure yeah. up in the, the, the office or wherever they're like, what are these men doing? Yes. <laughs> Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this time, Angie talked about why she runs, and so I thought I would follow it with a story called Why I Run. Love it. Have you ever had one of those days when it just seems like putting one foot in front of the other takes enormous energy? The older I get, the more often I have that feeling. Is that why I run? Maybe a little. <laughs> I like the struggle, if I'm being honest. Doing hard things will certainly make you feel more alive. Or maybe I just love competition. I would be lying if I said it wasn't fun to be fast. I enjoy being able to push myself and run hard. I like chasing people I've never caught. At my age, it is an accomplishment to not slow down from year to year. I like to challenge myself to catch people who are slowing faster than I am. I like to find ways to train that limit the inevitable deterioration of my running ability. That allows me to run faster in competition. So, is competition why I run? Well, maybe a little. I grew up in a, in a family of overweight people. My mother struggled her entire life with her weight. When I had to stop running for three months, I gained 20 pounds. I have always wanted to avoid the struggle I saw my mother, I saw in my mother. It sounds crazy, but when my weight hit 180 pounds, I said to myself, I'm not going any further. I had seen my mother gain back all that weight slowly, and I did not want the insidious weight gain monster to get a hold of me. Maybe I run because I know that it keeps my body in shape and importantly keeps my weight down. Maybe I run because I like solitude. Running gives me an excuse to get away from the world temporarily. It gives me time to think, time to strategize, and time to pray. It gives me time to catch up on podcasts with a sermon or the latest news or running trends, but mostly it gives me peace of mind. I'm a much saner person when I'm running. The disconnection from the world makes me way better when I am connected to the world. Is that the chief reason I love to run? Well, maybe a little. 
Perhaps it is the camaraderie of running I love so much. As a collegiate coach, I talk with coaches of other sports and hear about the conflict and personality issues, not to mention dealing with poor grades, and I realize that runners are good people. I love my running friends. It is difficult to think of a runner who I would prefer to avoid. As runners, we're not better than others, but we're far easier and more fun to hang out with. And is that why I run? Well, maybe a little. Here's another great reason for me to run. I love to encourage people to do hard things. Mm -hmm. I love to see people accomplish things they may never have thought possible. One of our high school athletes recently ran a great race in his biggest meet of the year. After the race, he said, it makes all those hard workouts worth it. I love to hear those words. Not because it makes me feel good to have been a part of pushing him to that accomplishment, but because I know how he feels. Mm -hmm. And that feeling is priceless. I love knowing that I'm helping people accomplish big goals because it makes them feel great. Is that why I run? Well, maybe a little. There are so many reasons to love running, and they all play a role in keeping me on the running path, but there is one reason above all others. I run because God made me that way. Mm. Eric Little of Chariots of Fire fame once said, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Mm. I don't know how many people truly, deeply understand that quote, but I do. I feel that God is pleased with me when I'm doing something that he created me for. Being able to do it in the Run for God context is almost more than I can bear sometimes. And I wouldn't even go so far as to say that I think failing to run would make God sad. Now, something I could, excuse me, now something could happen tomorrow that would prevent me from running. But for now, I feel that is what God wants me to run. Mm -hmm. So how about you? I think most people who run do it for one of the first few reasons I listed. And that's great. I'm not suggesting that God made most people to be runners. Quite the contrary. I believe he made very few with the same disposition as me. But I know this. I found the talent God wants me to use for his glory. It turns out that's running. But I know, because the Bible tells us so, that he made everyone for a specific purpose or purposes. There is something that God wants you to do. There is an activity that you can not only use for God's glory, but one where you feel his pleasure when you're doing it. Is it some, sometimes hard to get out there and do many and do my thing? Sure. That's how I started this story. There are days when running is really hard. That is something we all know for certain. But there are days when I'm overflowing with thankfulness to God for making me who I am despite my many human flaws. I am a runner. God said so. I run for God to honor him. I encourage others to run to glorify him and feel awesome. Sure, it keeps me sane, gives me time alone, and all those other great things. But I can't say it any better than, than Eric Little did over 100 years ago. When I run... I feel his pleasure. And that is an awesome feeling. That is so awesome, Dean. I love it. Yeah, you probably heard me say before, uh, you know, God gave me running. Mm -hmm. He gave most people something useful to be mm -mm. good at. Mm -mm. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it. Uh, of course, you know, when I say that too, I'm kidding. But yeah, you know, it's just running is so inconsequential. Mm -hmm. I mean, I recognize that as much as I love running, and as important as running is to me, I realize that it is, it, it's not a big deal. 
there are a million things out there that are not a big deal. And, you know, there's people who just love cars, right? Mm-hmm. They're just into cars. They mm-hmm. like old cars and they like restoring cars or whatever. It's really an inconsequential thing in the grand scheme of things. But God could use that. Yeah. You know, God can use anything. Anything. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, anyway. I love that. I love that. What's your favorite thing about running? Um, Honestly, the challenge. Yeah. I like structure. Um, I like to work on discipline. Um, and I know that sounds so weird. It, it, it requires, you know, running requires um, the discipline and the desire and the grit and all that kind of thing. Um, but I love knowing the growth, the positive growth that the Lord is working through me now. I mean, you know, I, I look at running completely different yeah. than I did seven years ago or so. Um, but I love the, that I love the health benefits, you know, the positive benefits of, of running, but ultimately I love the closeness that I find in running with God. Um, and, and I, I I like challenging, like even in the elements. So yeah. Well, one of the cool things about you too, is that you and Patrick share it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, really no, it's cool definitely thing. time together. And, and unfortunately, he's kind of slit. We, you know, we do irrigation. And so yeah. summertime this year was, was praise God, it was busy. Yeah. Yes. And, and like, he's tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, so I, I, but he still encourages me. I mean, he is so, so great. And, and yeah, yeah, we get to do it together. Yeah. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, sure. For yeah. sure. Well, I can't overstate this whole idea of solitude for me. Mm. For me, I, I, am, I am not an extrovert. I know that being on a podcast and talking, and when you talk with me, you probably would think yeah. that I that I am, but I am not. Sure, that is a that is something I'm doing. And, and don't get me wrong; I don't hate people. I don't mm-hmm. not like being around people. It's not like that at all. But I need some time mm-hmm. alone to keep my sanity yeah. because I I don't have to have a lot of it. You know, an hour a day of running is fantastic. Right. Uh, and some of those times, you know, I'm running with somebody else and it's not just me, me alone. But um, that solitude thing is, is is important to me. I, you know, I, I understand that my my previous life before um, you know, before I moved back from from Florida um, for over 30 years, I've been in the restaurant and bar business. Right. Yeah. And I love the hiatus. I mean, I have so right. much. That's that's a God gift. I mean, yep. I try my hardest to, to tone it down and everything, but I like that bar between us though yeah yeah i don't do well on the other side so when people want to like go out and think i don't do well i don't that's so why i understand what you're saying yeah you like to talk and everything about running and whatnot but you don't want to be in the a bunch of people yeah, I, yeah. I, at least that's how i look at that yeah. with you yeah, yeah. not a, not much of a crowd person but when you're with say somebody like me you know i think you're going to talk about like cannonball you know yeah i'm a talker yeah you know did, did i was i like a buffer for you like is that or did you even think of it like that or or doesn't you still you have, mean the fact we were both there together yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. like i got or i did <laughs> go and do all the small talk and you know and, and i didn't feel the pressure to yeah, do that yeah because yeah, because okay. there's a pr- there's a pressure to that to, for me yeah now, again i don't want anybody to hear me say i don't want you to talk to me or approach right. i don't right. duh, please right don't, and don't i hope that, that no no don't don't think that yeah. that's what he's saying yeah. because you're just so sweet and so kind yeah n- not at all but it takes energy for me to yeah. do that. Yeah. And yeah. and not that I mind expending energy. Uh-huh. I, I love that. It's why part of the reason I run. Right. But 
Uh, but that takes energy. For a uh-huh. lot of people, they get energy from right. being around people. Right. It saps my energy. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so I just have to recharge occasionally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. So you go for a run. That's right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you, you, of course, you mentioned in your story your thoughts about your body. And I thought, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what a parallel because I really, I did. I, I yeah. watched my mother struggle with her weight yeah. her whole yeah. life. And I thought, I, I'm not going there. Mm-mm. And and at that point where I, I got a picture at home that, that, that I have that, is on display yeah. and it's, it's at, when I was, I was 182 pounds and I know for, that doesn't sound like a lot of weight Yeah, for me. It is. Cause you, right? ca- you carry yourself around what? 150? Yes. Not even. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and so an extra 30 pounds, I just That's looked, a lot. I looked, I looked That's big. Achy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't care for it. And I knew, see my brother, my brother is, my brother's actually six, three. Oh, that's right. And, You've talked and about him. he's, yeah. he weighs about 300 pounds. Wow. He's a big guy. Wow. And so, um, I, I know that when he was young, my brother weighed about the same as I did. My, when my brother was in high school, he weighed about 160 pounds mm-hmm. um, at 6'2 or 6'3. Wow. Um, yeah. So he was just a beanpole. Wow. Um, and, you know, now he's this big guy. And I saw how that happened. It didn't happen from one day to the next. It doesn't. It's insidious. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't want that to happen. And so that's always been been something that that's been a concern of mine and, and not because i look down on people who are overweight or no, whatever mm-hmm. um but i know but I, what i saw with my mother yeah. was i saw the limitations right. that it put on her right uh, particularly as she got older right and I, I don't want those limitations yeah and there's something i can do about it and so i feel i feel an obligation uh to do that right um, not to mention that um in what we do, I now feel even more pressure to stay in good shape. Yes, because it, it's 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 part of what I do right. now, which right. is awesome. Right, which right, is awesome. yeah. It, so you get to. It's a get, get to. to. It's not to. a have that, to. That and and right. now, it, like the pressure's off of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope you know. I hope I get to do it my whole life. I mean, I hope I hope that uh, yeah. I get to live to be an old age, and I, you know, I'm hoping the the hundred year old guy that ran the marathon. Yeah, That's who I hope I am. Yeah, I, I hope you are too, because you are so inspiring, and I hope people are able to stop comparing. You know, you know the I'm not going to be a dean, you know, but I love that dean is a dean. So yeah, yeah. and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And and if you're out there and listening, let me let me say this: I love. More than anything, I'm telling you right now. I'm thinking of some some of these some of these kids that that do that do a great job in in cross country as I coach them. Some of my favorite stories Mm. are are the ones the kids that aren't that good. Yeah, um, that that just have that great day and and I, I love the fact that somebody is willing. It's easy for me to get out there and run Mm -hmm. because. I'm, I'm good at it mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. gives me extra reasons to be mm-hmm. out there i mean i'm competitive and yeah. i could beat yeah. people or whatever and I can run I fast. Yep. for somebody who doesn't run fast i'm so inspired yeah. by, by you that you're willing to get out there and, and suffer through all that right anyway well i love the fact that that the the more elite runners they have been in square one before they have That's they have true. taken that for they've towed the line for the very first time. You know, yeah. they have done the, the trainings and, and things. So I believe, I don't know this, but I would believe that you understand our struggles because you still live those struggles because although you're fast, you're still having to train. Well, let me say this. I don't understand the struggles from a running standpoint necessarily because right. I never had those struggles. You know, my, the you. Fir- yeah, I, I when, get it. Yeah. You know, when I was young, I, if I decided just to go out and run three miles, I would you just go out and run yeah. Three, yeah. three miles. 
But what what I see is the other stuff that I'm not good at. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I struggle with. And I realize that for a lot of people, that struggle is running. For me, it's remembering names. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, the frustration that I feel mm-hmm. with remembering names and, and the idea, and I want to work on that and get better yeah. at that. Um, it's it's very similar. Our our stories are all very similar. It's yeah, it's yeah. It, it they're funny? just the slight. I mean, but the the application of what to do is is the same. It's awesome. It's awesome. At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run for God station at J Radio. I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is the reason this week. Suffering together is the ultimate bonding activity. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Some of the tightest relationships that we have, besides our marriage, our family, Um, are are bonds that are formed in things like running or the military. military. You know, I think mm-hmm. about the military. Uh, you talk to a Vietnam veteran and talk to them about their friends that they made while they were there, and mm-hmm. those bonds they're they're, they're like family, right? Very, very right, much. right, right. And running is not like war. I'm not saying that, right? But those bonds that we form because we suffer together, I think, are very similar, and uh, I think it's pretty cool that it doesn't matter how fast or how slow you run. We can all identify with each other. Sure. And uh, that's what just we were just like talking, we were just talking about. about. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's that's pretty stinky. And although cool. running isn't like war, really, it is a battle, you know, and for sure. some of us. And, and so it, it does create such a bond. I mean, look at the all. Look at the wonderful re- friendships that I have created yeah. or God's put together from across the country through Run Club. Yeah. Amazing. That's pretty awesome. I'm so grateful. Well, I wanted to talk about this, not necessarily, I know we're, I know sometimes when folks hear me start talking about professional runners and things like that, that maybe they check out a little bit, but I really, really wanted to talk about this particular race because this was amazing. This was a good one. This yeah. Was, I, I, I actually, I told Patrick, I said, pull it up. Let's, let's take a look. <laughs> the NCAA cross country championships were just held and they were, in my estimation, the greatest NCAA championship cross-country races ever. Wow. Both on the men's and the women's side okay. were just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was so glad because I was out of town. Uh-huh. We were running our own national championship down in, in Florida. And uh, I, I called Debbie and I'm like, hey, hey, set the recorder to record this. I, I, I want to see it. And I, again, this was a God thing. I'm telling you, it was a God thing because I've never recorded the NCAA cross-country <laughs> championships ever in my life right but i i something told me i needed to record these i'm so glad i did so the women's race was it was kind of billed as nc states caitlin tuey versus florida's parker valby they were two really good runners i don't think either one of them had lost all year long yeah and um they you know it was like there were lots of arguments for both on both sides of this i mean it, it got pretty heated in some in some cases where people are arguing about who is oh, going to be better funny. and who is going to win this race and so it was really it was really a fun race to watch and of course Parker Valby from Florida she just takes off at the beginning because Caitlin Tuey has a great kick and she knows it and so mm. she's like I've got to get out 
and, and separate myself. And so she did it very early. She went out super hard yeah. from the gun. She got 13 seconds on second place, which is a long way mm-hmm. in a cross country race. Uh, in this case, they're running six K. Um, and Caitlin Tui realized she, she had a point that she wanted to go and she, she started a little bit early because she realized Parker had gotten out she further than she him. thought. Uh. And she just methodically step by step started reeling her in and pulling her in. And I don't know, three, four, 500 meters from the finish line. She caught her and passed her and wound up winning. Um, and, and it was, it was a, it was so much fun. the the tension in mm-hmm. watching her catcher was was so mm-hmm. great and much, so much fun to watch. Um, but here's one of the things I think is really cool about this race. Caitlin Tuey is a traditional runner. She's been around for a very long time. She has traditional training plans, traditional mileage, all that stuff is, is normal. Parker is completely non traditional. She only runs three to five days a week. She runs very low mileage. Mm-hmm. She does a ton of cross training in her training um, because she doesn't. Her body doesn't hold up well mm-hmm. to all the miles, mm-hmm. and so they've found another way for her. And so I just think that's really cool. I, I'm not usually an advocate for low mileage plans, but right. obviously it works for her. her case, I mean, it does. It, it, yeah. it worked, and uh, so it was. It was really, really exciting to watch the race. If you haven't seen the NCAA races you need to pull those up yeah. and watch them They're i think so he, i think he just put in ncaa 2022 and the two names and and it came right up and yeah. we, and it had an it was after the race but had an announcer talking it through the whole time and it was yeah. really good and boy she just really kicks it in yeah. like that last 400 meters or whatever and it was just so thrilling to watch that yeah. i was i was shocked by it. i was like man she's close she is closing that gap you know it was cool and what was so awesome about Very it, is, cool. it, it too is that the race was was built as a battle between those two. Mm-hmm. And very often when that happens, I remember back in the early 2000s, there was maybe it was before that Jenny Berenger and I can't remember the other one. A couple of ladies who were they were supposed to go head to head and it was going to be the big battle. Well, neither one of them ran well. Oh, and wow. somebody else, somebody completely different one. And I thought that's probably what's going to happen. And yeah, yeah <laughs> no, they, no, they, it, they held up to it. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, not to be outdone, the men's side of things was awesome as well. So the men go out and they have there's three guys that are all uh, individually. They're all battling back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch two guys from northern Arizona and a guy from Stanford. And the Stanford team was supposed to win this race. But one of their runners had got a minor injury, and mm. he didn't run well, and so Stanford wound up not winning. But the race came down to uh, – it was fun to watch because they were doing live scoring. And if you were watching it while it happened, as as each runner crosses the line, there's, the score pops up. And after the fifth runner crosses, you have a total score. And so when it first popped up, it looked like, oh, Northern Arizona won by one point. Oh, no. You're like, oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. That was really fun to watch. And then the next thing you know, it changes, and it looks like Oklahoma State wins by like 30 points. Oh, my gosh. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, How's there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that happened. But I've seen this before. This happened to us at our conference meet, actually. I thought we had tied, and it turns out we actually finished third. But um, but th- this, so it said it sat there for a little while. And then the next thing you know, boom, it pops up. They're tied. <laughs> And what's so cool about the whole tie thing is that Mitchell and I had just talked about it. On yeah, the I was about to say, did you guys just talk about this a couple we, weeks ago? Yeah, we did. And so we talked about why you know there's a difference in tiebreakers between high school and college. Mm-hmm. 
and in uh, in in high school, the tiebreaker is you go to whoever the sixth, sixth runner person. is, okay. and whoever sixth runner finishes first, that's who wins. In college, they take each runner one by one, so they take the two first play, the two first runners, the two second runners, the two third runners, and they they go head to head, and whoever wins at least three out of those five battles is the winner. And so that's the way the NCAA does the tiebreaker. Right, right, well, right. turns out Northern Arizona had had uh, one two. One, two, and three. I think. Oh, I think they okay. had they had won the head to head one, two, and three. Oklahoma State won four and five, but because they had won three out of the five, Northern Arizona wins mm-hmm. wins the tiebreaker. Interestingly, if they had done a sixth man tiebreaker, like high school, Oklahoma State would have won. Wow! So uh, interesting. After we just talked it, about yes, why yep. you know the and, and of course you know my my thoughts are it's. It's what it you race under the rules, right. whatever the rules whatever are. The you rules try are. to maximize mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Of course, anyway. Um, some That's gr- cool, though. And some great Northern Arizona is unbelievable. They won six out of seven years. It, it, it's unbelievable that anybody can dominate cross country like that. They were picked to finish third in this race, and um, the team that won, the other team that, that tied them was picked to finish fourth in this race. So it was incredible. Uh, to watch them overcome, there was one guy, Brody Hasty, seems to come through for him every year. Uh, he's a li- Brody Hasty can't be more than he can't be more than five, 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 six. Little bitty guy. I feel like you've talked about him before. I'm like Brody. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Brody Hasty comes through. He, he moves from 35th to 25th over the last 400 meters, mm. and winds up. They wind up uh, if he hadn't done that course they would have finished second isn't um arizona the area where there that's where most of the runners are going these days a lot of lot, 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 like more elite are going out there to train now and everything yeah. and they're training right there where in flagstaff where northern arizona is uh-huh. because it's it's that altitude oh got it and so they okay. have a they have a bill that's why the you know another good team another team that was in the running was uh, byu oh, byu yeah. trains normally at altitude because byu's campus is at altitude and so some of these teams have built in University of Colorado is another one that has an, a built-in advantage because they're at altitude. altitude. Um, and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyway. That's very, awesome. very interesting. So go out, go out there. and You may not be interested in that. And if you're not, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry about getting on. But so I'm the one that, it, the, like, uh, some time ago that said, man, we talked so much about. But I really enjoy some of the stories. So yeah. I hope some people do, too. It, it was like this, to These were good stories. And it shows you... Uh, on the women's side, it shows you there's more than one way to do things. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time about there's no magic in a training plan. Mm-mm. Just get out there and run, be consistent, and you and and you'll you'll right. get better. Right. And um, it's that's just proof of it. That's awesome. So, yeah. All right. So we have a trivia question this this week, and so I thought I would stay in this same vein and ask this question: Which school has won the most NCAA cross country championships? Now that's combined men and women. Oh, okay. There are different schools: one for men and one for women's, but there's a combined. So whoever it is has won the most men's and women's combined championships. And if you're the first person to send that answer, the correct answer, to Dean at RunForGod.com, you will win a. $20 discount in the Run for God That's story. Right. We're talking about cold hard cash here. Yeah. So, uh, sort of, but yeah. 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 Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> cold, uh, what did you just say? Cold hard cash yeah. in the form of a gift card. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, send That's that awesome. to Dean I like at, it. Dean at runforgod.com. The first person will win that uh, award. And so we have a motivational thought of the week that we're going to leave you with. And, and I know you you love this one. I am mm-hmm. sure this comes from mm-hmm. Catherine Switzer, who was the first woman to run the Boston Marathon. And uh, here, here it was. 
life is for participating not for spectating. I do love that. That yeah. was good. I, I like that a lot. I do love to watch other people, like you were saying. I, there's nothing more satisfying than to see somebody else reach their goal yeah. and, and you know cross that finish line or what have you. But we only have this shot at this life one time. That's we have right. one shot. And, and as much as I enjoy watching other people, I don't want to be a spectator of my own life. You got to right. participate in it. So yeah, right. I like that. That's good stuff. Well said. Amen. Well, thank you, Angie, for being here once again. We're done. This was fun. Already? Can you believe it? No. We okay. just started. My goodness. <laughs> Everybody else any? might be like, oh my gosh, shut them up. <laughs> you got any other last words of wisdom for everybody? You always ask me for wisdom, and I'm always like, I'm not wise. I don't, I mean, you know, bundle up. It's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, wear layers. Uh, stay strong in your faith. Amen. And, and I think we're getting close to Christmas when this airs, so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. Thanks for having me. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.